got. Let it go. Don't give him the satisfaction. What if I want the satisfaction? Hey. Who this? The man on the moon is back. Hey. You haven't heard it yet, Tom? Nah. It's crazy. I just started this morning. The original Scott. This sounds like Travis Scott for nothing. Yo, so many people are excited for this right now. Yeah. (laughs) He took over my timeline. Yo, he's actually rapping on him. Like this. We got some harmonizing. We're not harmonizing with you the whole track. Oh no, we gonna get some. He got bars. I'm sorry, YouTube. I'm sorry, YouTube. (laughs) I'm sorry, YouTube. You cannot hear that gloriousness, but uh, you can go on Apple Podcasts and listen to that if you like Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. We everywhere. All right, so Boom the Podcast is just everywhere. Episode number 53. Jay Yannick is back in the building. Uh, The man to the box with the... Hold up. They don't know I'm wearing OG bait. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about it. White men, you bastards. <laughs> the man, uh, Black T. Is that Grogu? That's Grogu, baby. Oh. Travi nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and last I like but not how, least, I like how he had the nerd introduction too with the T. <laughs> and last but not least, the other end of the Skittle Rainbow Hat Club. Facts. Sneak bozos. What's good? <laughs> What's up, guys? It's uh, Sunday. We're back again. Consistency is key. Yes, sir. Uh, one more week, another episode, another release, another podcast, and uh, another guest. Why not? You know, on Fran's, on Franelation's episode, he was talking to us about a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. And he said... There's a lot of YouTube stars out there right now, <laughs> guys that are doing their own thing, and he's loving it, and he's, he's he's like, oh man, that's bringing that energy, that same energy that he was creating back in the day. So mm-hmm. I said, friend, which one would be the best one to get? You know what he told me? You know what he told me? I, I think I know. Um, I don't know who. <laughs> Tyler J. Blake, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler J. Blake, ladies and gentlemen. Bring him on. Yeah, we're going to say Kaiso Mar, because yeah. <laughs> that guy's got some serious pull. I'm washed, but I appreciate it. I appreciate welcome, it. Welcome. welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. to the podcast. Tyler J. Blake is in the building. How's it going, man? It's going well. Good morning, guys. This is awesome. So happy yeah. to be here. And uh, thanks, Fran, for, for giving me the shout. So that was great. So uh, you're the man with a lot of things. I've, I've been doing a little, a lot of research and I'm seeing a lot of different things, a lot of different angles. We're going to get into it. But first, we want to start with the, uh, the, the, the beginning. We want to sure. start with the sneaker angle. We want to see, like, uh, where did that come from? And when did you start that YouTube mission? When did you start that? Let's go there. I, I read somewhere 14. Yeah, around, around 14 years old. Um, that was around the time I got my first paycheck. Now, embarrassingly, my first shoes that I bought with my first paycheck uh, were Osiris. They were like ugly. They were like uh, neon blue and black. Um, you, but, did, you didn't know better. You didn't know better. 
I, I didn't, I didn't know better. And also, you know, I was from a town where, uh, like sneaker culture wasn't really even a thing. Um, we had like a lot of like ska bands, punk bands. So like Osiris with the big tongues like that. Right, right, right. Uh, that was cool. Cause before that, my family would go to Costco and we get the Kirkland signatures, which was like oh, a white shoe. One pair at the start of the year and then one pair around spring vacation. I had those two pairs that last the whole time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't abused as a child, though. It's all right. <laughs> He's like, uh, I those. but um, yeah, I, I, I think it was it was cool kind of making my own money. I worked at a summer camp and they had like a way where they could pay you under minimum wage because they gave you like um, food or whatever. So I was making like maybe 200 bucks a week, which wasn't bad for, yeah. for being 14, 15. But yeah, that was the first pair of shoes that I bought. But I think in terms of like really getting into um, like like what people might consider like sneaker culture, like shoes that actually have a story. Um, probably when I was 16 or 17, um, my, my brother and I, we played hockey. We went to school for like in high school. We went to, uh, we got out of public school and got to go to a school where, um, our education was paid for, for hockey and you had to wear oh, a dress nice. code. But the only thing that you could, um, like kind of defer from the dress code was your shoes. And there was this kid that always had a different pair of shoes on every single day. And finally I went to his house and the kid had, um, this like huge walk-in like MTV crib style closet. And then mm-hmm. every single cubby was filled with a different shoe. Oh, um, and, and that's when I started kind of understanding. And he had like the babes was, he was really influenced by Pharrell and, 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 and NERD at the time. So he just would pick up a shoe and then tell me the story about it, you know, or tell me, you know, I waited in line for the South beach eights, um, you know, for, for, for eight hours or whatever it was, or, and, uh, that really got me excited because I always had collected stuff as a kid. I did Pokemon, I did root beer bottles. I collected like random stuff that had some sort of, uh, you know, sentimental value. And like, I could remember where I was when I got it. And, um, the sneaker stuff was just like, I like was hooked. Um, yeah. and, that, and that dude was this guy named one veracity, David, um, he does financial banking now, but he was one of the original YouTube guys with Franelations, with oh. like a Sir Sneaker. Um, and, but he kept it super secret, like, and no one in school really knew he did it. Um, but I watched his videos and reviews, and he actually let me guest review on his channel. I did like a pair of Wolf Gray Fives, and uh, people on YouTube were actually like positive to it. So I was like, I should just do my own thing. The problem was that I had no money still. <laughs> Um, so I, I was really having a hard time figuring out, like getting content and that sort of thing. But that, that's how it started when I was about 16, 17 years old. Do you, do you still keep in touch? Yeah. 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 Still keep in touch. Does he still collect also? Yeah. Yeah. He's still, oh. he's still heavy in it. Um, and, and he's a guy where he wasn't, he, he was into sneakers kind of before I'd say like the, the real resale kind of got him where you got people that said they like sneakers, but they really like the money part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, especially now with the resurgence of Nike SBs, um, we just were talking the other day cause his collections like worth, I mean, it was worth a lot back then, but now it's like a small fortune with how much people care about these shoes that, um, just weren't that big of a deal back then. So what size do you wear? He's a size nine or nine and a half. Oof, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you see, do you see him letting them go or do you think he's going to just keep collecting? He never, he never sold anything as long as I've known him. Um, 
so I don't, I think he's just going to keep collecting, man, but he oh, has, no. he has some cool stuff, man. Um, I wish I could go. He, my favorite pair is not really a crazy or rare pair, but, um, billionaire boys club in ice cream did a collection where they did the waffle, uh, sneaker. It's like a Vans basically, but it had the, whole Oh, I remember those. Yeah. 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 So he had those, which I, I, I love those. Um, I wish, I wish they'd re-release them, but that's like an obscure sneaker I've been trying yeah, to find. Is. But what, um, what size are you? I'm a size 11 and a half or 12 now. So gotcha. it's tough. It's tough finding stuff. Old and, stuff and, is tough to find. And back then, when you entered that uh, MTV lifestyle crib closet, <laughs> uh, what sneaker really just caught your eye in that story he told you? What and that's such a good question because, because it's the Ben Jordan 7, and I, I still have it. Um, wow. I don't know where it is. It might be downstairs. But, um, yeah, the Ben Jordan Seven, and I at one time I had every single Ben Jordan. I I sold them off or, or or traded stuff out to kind of keep my rotation going. But that Ben Jordan Seven I kept, and I just loved the colors, the fact that it had to do mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's affinity for wine and how he wanted to have this, you know, special, uh, you know, wax embossed um, stamp. Yeah, right there, man. And the colors, it just was like wow, like this yeah. is amazing. Uh, but yeah, that was the, that was the shoe that caught my eye, a hundred percent. Like that was the first time you ever saw that shoe, or oh yeah, first time I ever saw that shoe. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a really rare. Yeah, the, way, was really rare. the way that I the way that I really started learning because remember, even though I had this really good reference point um, for sneakers, the way I started kind of learning hit sneaker history was I was like deep in Soul Collector forum. Um, back when that was a thing, yeah, everybody, yeah, like, you would comment on the post and you'd get like a point to leveling up. So I forget what the highest echelon was for, for that, but, um, man, I was, I was on the forums every day, reading stuff, learning about the releases. And, um, it was just, it was awesome to me because I didn't have the money to buy them. So I was like, I might as well read about them. That's yeah. definitely not a thing anymore. Like, nah. yeah. it's, it's just like, is this hype? Can I make money? I'll yeah. buy it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there. I mean, we can talk about that later. But yeah, the the sense of kind of community is a little um, obscured now uh, for people just getting into it, you know. But back then, yeah, the Soul Collector forums, man, that was a great place. So, and so you take that uh, that energy, and then you go on your own, and now you're you're trying to buy your own. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. So I was, I, I said, I need to start making my own YouTube videos. And, and the problem, which is still a problem for people trying to get into the space is, is content, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not really, it's really hard to break even on a video if you're a new person doing it. Um, so the way that I started getting into it was, um, I think that the way I started getting a little bit of money to keep recycling stuff, because what I do is I buy a pair used from someone off Facebook or something local. I do a review on a used sneaker uh, or a used pickup video. Um, and then I would I would trade it for something different. Or I do a video about like um, an upcoming release that I couldn't buy, but my thoughts about it or, oh, um, you know, some advice on how to, you know, resize shipping boxes if you're reselling. Um, mm. But yeah, my my sophomore year of college i got into um because i put myself through school and i was like really having a hard time like going into that year i like owed my friend like 150 bucks i had like a negative bank account um i tried getting this girl back and uh, i like emptied my bank account which was like 500 bucks <laughs> and uh, i'll tell I'll, i won't get into it in, in, in great detail but i thought 
it was one of those things where I didn't book a trip, uh, a bus ticket home because I was so confident I would get it back. And then I was like stranded because I, I was had to go back home to Connecticut. I was like stranded in Boston. Jeez. <laughs> she said, no, basically. I was like, can I get a ride home? She was like, no. <laughs> I, had a, I, know, I know it was cold. Oh, yeah. No, dead ass. I, I literally slept outside that night and I had like this moment where I was like, oh my God, this is not <laughs> my life. <laughs> this is not working. So I managed to convince the friend that I owed 150 bucks at school for the um, playoff Jordan 12 that release. I said, listen, dude, I need you to loan me another 180 bucks and I want you to come with me. Or maybe they were 170 back then, but I was like, maybe with tax. I was like, I need you to come with me to the mall. I got three friends to come with me. I was like, um, help me buy three pairs of these. I bought three of them. We flipped them for 300 each. I paid each friend a little bit of money back, paid my friend off. And then I had like a pool of 500 bucks in my bank account that I started doubling down on and reselling with that. And then that was how I started making content because I would buy a shoe to resell, do the video review on it, resell it. And then, you know, do it again. And then eventually I had enough money where I not only was able to put myself through school, but I was also start building my own collection. Um, nice. So that was kind of how I, I, I did it. What, um, what platforms did you use to resell? Back then I was using a lot of eBay. And then um, right around this time was when like sneaker events started getting popular Mm-hmm. Um, cause now I'm, now I'm 19 years old, um, and like, uh, sneaker cons a thing. So I remember going to, uh, New York for that and just kind of buy and sell and trade in that way. So a lot of like local community stuff too. So like everyone kind of knew everyone in Massachusetts. I was in school at, uh, uh Babson colleges right outside Boston. So, okay. Yeah. Do you still, do you still use eBay? Yeah, I still do. I mean, I haven't sold many shoes recently. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, 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 we can talk about that later too, but I, I've kind of stepped away from, um, resale. I have only picked up a couple of shoes this year too, but, um, yeah, eBay, I was using to sell swimming pools this summer. Wait, <laughs> what? That, that was the cook. Yeah. 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 The yeah. real cook has been patio heaters too. That that's oh, been my wow. life these last two months. I sold maybe 1500 patio heaters to the Rhode Island government. So that's been, um, a wild oh, ride. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the next <laughs> Oh, let me write. Th- let me write this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I yeah. What my the point was? I was able to get uh, enough enough momentum behind my channel, and then collaborating with other people that were in the same space, kind of growing. Where because this is when like having fifty thousand subscribers was a big deal, and we were kind of talking about whether or not sneakers was popular enough to break that hundred thousand threshold you know Mm -hmm. now looking back that's kind of silly but that was a real thing where you know how long is this interest gonna really last um so yeah and now looking at it it's like this is here forever and this is gonna stay so um every year i feel like it's not but yeah you you do yeah i'm like man how is like aren't people getting a little fatigued not the not the interest in sneakers, but, okay. but the the level of participation to kind of justify how much stuff is getting released. Um, I'm always amazed at. I'm, I'm oh, okay. Like you know the, what I mean? 
how they keep on pumping out product and yeah. people are still okay. yeah yeah like i mean the jordan retro weekend um pace it used to be like you you get a jordan a number jordan retro there might be two two drops a month unless i'm really yeah. misremembering you know yeah. now no, it's no, like there's, there's just too much to to keep track of so and the and the supply still isn't meeting the demand which is crazy yeah, I mean, I would argue that because of how many people are interested in reselling, it's actually um, there is enough supply for everyone. But there's such a huge ecosystem now that it's supporting it. I was actually thinking about this the other day because there's a case of um, this dude that was trading stocks in London. He was like autistic, but he was super smart. I, autistic doesn't matter. The point is autistic helped him get out of the case, whatever. But um, he's a savant and he's sitting at his computer and he's doing all these trades at really, really high volume. And he's actually propping up the stock market. And there was a day where like his mom called him downstairs and he had to go get dinner. So he turned off his program and it was a flash crash and it crashed the whole market. Like people oh. like $3 trillion because this one dude was trading so much that it was propping up the market. And I think we're seeing the same thing with reselling where there's so many people running bots that have to, at a certain point, like take stock to survive that it's almost artificial. Uh, some mm -hmm. of the resale demand on shoes, where if you took them out of the equation, everyone really would be able to get a pair at retail. Um, but there's just so many people that are participating in the aftermarket that it's almost like. A, so so you could argue that bots help the resale stay high. Oh, no, yeah. 100%. Help the sneaker market stay afloat, you mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and the and the brands are interested in it as well. Um, I can talk about this now because the person's no longer at the brand. He's with Shopify. But um, I was invited to a meeting at one of the brand's headquarters to talk about reselling in the community and, and how that's helping them, how they can actually work with resellers. Um, and wow. you've seen that with StockX, too, with their IPOs of, of Adidas shoes or whatever it is. Um, so so the, yeah, I think the brands like they love it, dude. They they absolutely love the 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 resale attention. You know, like I won't I won't call out any names, but I know there are certain companies who like claim that they did their best to combat the bots, and yeah. then but we really know that that's not true. They're just like fuck it, yeah. get it out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so certain you know, do you, I mean, if I'm Ronnie Fogg, do I really care if if all my products sold out to a bot? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've, I've i've met ronnie before i met ronnie before he was like really blowing up um like when kith was in its infancy and and you know seeing that dude's lifestyle and stuff you know he doesn't give a fuck like mm. you know if he, can, mm. if he can if he can cross kith with something else and and people <laughs> buy it where ronnie's a genius though and I, i'm def i guess i'm um, i'll explain why i know so much about all this stuff i guess because um i used to work at concepts i was behind the scenes for three years i ran pretty much everything you could think of oh wow but where ronnie's really smart where a lot of boutiques missed out is all his collaborations everything whether it was with captain crunch or something else he took a crazy amount of co-op from that parent brand to market kith so his marketing budget, where a lot of boutiques, like that's the last thing they spend on because they just don't have the money for it. Ronnie was probably getting, you know, six figures, maybe seven figures a year in marketing collateral from the brands that he works mm -hmm. with. And he's just pushing Kith to a new audience, you know, every time. So like mm -hmm. there might be dudes on the sidelines saying it's whack or whatever. But for him, he's introducing Kith to a new audience every single time, even if, you know, Captain Crunch doesn't make necessarily the most sense 
right. you know, yeah. to it, you know, like I, and, and just being honest, like the BMW collab, I thought was terrible. I talked to a lot of my friends that are BMW friend, uh, you know, fans for a long time where they thought it was wasted, but it doesn't matter because, you know, it's accomplished, you know, setting his brand apart from other people. So. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge audience. Yeah, especially yeah. with with developing a car it's bringing it to a, a whole nother you know Absolutely. Oh, yeah. and then you could tell that he was struggling with trying to make himself a brand and yeah. kiff a brand because with the the bape collab that he had yeah. he came out with ronnie feistas instead yeah. of kinsters like yeah everybody was looking at it like what the hell is this like yeah. yeah he had that identity crisis but yeah. you know he, he i remember reading an interview with um you know, where he said he wanted Kith to be like Ralph Lauren, you know, it's not mm-hmm. quite there, but it's getting, you know, pretty close. Yeah. Um, and famously when I was, when I was right out of um, college, I, that's when I started working at concepts for social media and I sat down and I presented a plan where I showed what Ronnie was doing with his, um, his clothing brand because he had like a tech knit and he was like explaining how, you know, how this is like cool and what it is. And I was like, it's all bullshit, right? It's marketing that was done really, really well. And I was like, we should be doing this. And at the time, the designer of, of, of uh, Concepts looked at me and was like, you know, how many years has Concepts been around? At the time, about 20. He's like, how many years has Kip been around? I was like, two or three. He's like, in 20 years, we'll still be here and, and Kip won't be anywhere. Yeah, how many, how many years? So, how many? <laughs> so wrong. But yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's what told, you know. Wow. So, yeah. But that's what happened when people like the old way works. And they stuck on the old way. They don't want to try something new because, like, hey, it's been working so far. So why right. try to fix it? Right. Yeah. And, and it's it's unfortunate, you know. And years later, you know, they they did get into their own clothing brand and everything, but it just wasn't. Um, you know, Ronnie had had that jet fuel where he just was so far past. Uh, like I wouldn't even really consider Kith a boutique anymore. You know, so it's, they're kind of playing different different leagues. They're almost yeah. at department store level at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think if we, who who knows what would have been announced this year if the pandemic had happened, because I know they had some huge plans for expanding retail, but. Wow. Um, but yeah. um, they still opened the J- Japanese, Japan store today. I mean, this year, right? Tokyo. Tokyo. Tokyo, yeah. 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 So they did that in the pandemic. So imagine what they would have done if everything else was open. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's probably positioning to sell the brand. I mean, if you looked at what mm-hmm. Supreme just got, uh, you look what Stone Island just got. I mean, that that's what I would be trying to do if I was him. You know? That kind of yeah. goes back to him trying to separate the brands as far as pushing the Ronnie thing mm-hmm. and maybe selling the kit, but then he could still focus yeah. on his own personal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and but, ultimately, the Tokyo store is probably just like a distribution point at that right. at that point. To save, you know, because ultimately you'll save on taxes and a lot of other things by having that there. Right. Just to enter the market there, too. You know, that's always a big thing. If, if yeah. a brand, you know, J- Japan for a while has been kind of like the tastemakers for, um, you know, USA trends a little bit early. You know, obviously Japan's huge on vintage. I would argue that a lot of that cross pollinated over here. And uh, for something to catch on in, in Japan is usually really positive for for, for the brands, you know, especially if you're in, in an American brand trying to kind of uh, prove yourself, I guess. So, but uh, back to that concepts is still pumping strong. They're expanding and doing. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They, they got purchased by Amazon and Zappos. And that's around the same time that I, I left. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I think they're doing great. They just opened a new store in New York. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, and that, that's awesome. That was like an early example of what I thought some of the boutiques could get acquired by, um, you know, looking at like what social status is doing and how they have so many flagship sneaker politics. And that kind of was like maybe something boutique owners heard through the grapevine where they're like, we need to get a lot of stores established because that might be an acquisition plan for us. Maybe a footlocker buys us and has us be our tier zero, mm. you know, activation door. But, um, you know, it, I, I, I still think they have a, a, a ton of influence. I just don't think necessarily um, it's been flexed to the amount that it could be to, to kind of push them into that next level. But, you know, yeah, SPB the, and Hot right now is great. So, yeah, with the success of Foot Locker's had this year, it's more than possible to see it in the year coming. Yeah. Yeah. They're having, I, uh, they're having their one of their most profitable years in, in a long, long time. Yep. Yep, I would. I, I do a lot of the affiliate marketing on their back end, and they push some really good terms. So, like, I work with like the Soul Links, the Sneaker Steel, the Sneaker Shouts, like these accounts that push maybe like fifty million dollars a year in product for these brands. And um, Crazy. Foot Locker pushed some like pretty good incentives. So, with everything pushing online right now, I wouldn't be surprised if if that's been really good for them. You know, so it's 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 been it's been profitable. <laughs> that in uh social media oh yeah you uh, work for Foot Locker, yeah, right? I, work for Foot Locker. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was one of those things where it's like you put it in your bio and you're like just a fan of the brand oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna try doing that I'm <laughs> you know, like the people that like put the website as like you know google.com it's like do they work for them or Chiquita banana. <laughs> yeah, I can't speak a lot, but yeah, I work with Foot Locker. So that's awesome. So you guys heard it here first. Buy that stock. <laughs> Quarter four is going to be huge. No. <laughs> so back to so back to your story. Sure. So now we're uh, we're a YouTube star. Now is, is is that where we're at? Sneakers maybe, are pumping in. Maybe. I, I, my problem was I didn't, so I, I was around, I was conflicted because the way a lot of channels were getting big is they were reviewing replicas from China early and I was offered a lot of money to do that, but I decided that it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, and it really cost me because you can't, the shoes are so close and you can't really compete with someone that's putting out a Concord Jordan 11 on foot video in October and the shoes don't come out till December. Mm -hmm. Um, And the crazy thing is, is people, a lot of people on YouTube are still reviewing fake shoes uh, and getting fake shoes, you know? Um, But I think the, the problem for me was morally I was conflicted with it, even though viewers didn't care. Um, So that was the problem. And around that time, I started trying to pivot to think about, you know, I don't think YouTube's going to be how I'm going to make my money. Um, I pivoted to doing sneaker events. I actually did a sneaker event at Gillette Stadium, um, oh. which was which was really, really uh, fulfilling for me in the sense that I kind of like got to take some risks, do my own business and just see it pay off. And I started kind of prepping myself, thinking I was going to take a job at um Nike or Adidas. Mm. So I, in doing that, I realized I couldn't do sneaker reviews anymore. So I made a website called kicksundercost.com and I was going to just post, um, you know, deals. Cause I had worked a summer at Nike town, Boston. And once I realized like a 40% discount on everything, I like could never pay full price again on shoes. 
Mm -hmm. So I kind of brought that attitude onto the page. And um, around the same time, because I saw Kicks Kicks Deals was posting stuff, J23 app was posting stuff, and I knew they had to be making money, but I didn't understand how. And um, Matt, the owner of J23 app, he gave me an affiliate code to post in a review I did of a um, like a free flex 5.0 shoe. Some I forget exactly what it was. And uh, I did the video, and I made like 200 bucks in sales from it and on commission, which was wow. like. And to keep in mind, on a good month on YouTube, I'm making like two grand. Like that's a really good month. And here I am from one video from just doing the affiliate sales, 200 bucks. I was like, shit, I should have been doing this my whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, I called my buddy who was my friend, Ivan, who still lives in Rhode Island. We, we see each other all the time. And um, he was doing Karma Loop and Karma Loop had just gone bankrupt. They owed him maybe like 50 grand. He was one of the biggest reps for Karma Loop and he just pushed everything on Twitter I was like, yo, dude, you got to get on affiliate marketing because this is exactly what you do anyway. And I think that, you know, the following you built could help with it. And uh, the first that weekend was like the Jordan 1 SB Lance Mountains. Mm. And I like linked that. That is when early links was just getting started. I like linked an early link and um, I made like four grand in a weekend. Wow. Like, Holy shit, this is going to be good. Now, the problem is, is <laughs> since that time, Affiliate marketing has really changed. You get paid zero percent on launch releases. You get zero percent on sneakers. Um, and the and and Rakuten owns Ebates, so there's all kinds of ways that it's gotten really twisted. Where it's it's actually even harder to make money. But back there was a right up until the Columbia Jordan Eleven release, which I think was that full calendar year. I made enough to pay off my student loans. I was like, I'm not going to take a job at Adidas or Nike. I'm just going to ride with this, and and keep adapting. So that was. Once I started seeing the money come from that, I was like, I'm not going to have to, I'm going to still make YouTube videos, but I'm not going to feel like I need to take money for a product review. I'm just going to do my own thing. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you think people like Soul Links are still making that type of money? Like I know like they'll post like a, Oh, PlayStation's just yeah. um, restocked. Yeah. So here's an example. Um, I, I usually don't talk about people's money. I, I know how much they're making, but here's an example. They publicly tweeted where I could tell you how much they made. So they made 1800 sales on a PlayStation five. They just posted, right? I think it was the $500 version. Um, mm. they made nine grand at 1% off that one tweet, $9,000. And, and this is not even on the initial, this is just telling his followers like, Hey, this site has so-and-so on a 1% release. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I had, if I had to guess same with fat kid deals and I know all those guys, they're, they're, they're all doing really well for themselves. I mean, look, they, they deserve it because they're, they're, I mean, I have employees now, but you know, I'm waking up every day, grinding, getting content to make sure it gets posted. And you have to do that pretty much 365. There's no days off Mm -hmm. You're kind of tethered to your phone. And you just got to make sure you stay up on it. And, and at, you know, I did that for six years and now I'm able to kind of reap some of the benefits of it, um, you know, and, and those guys have been doing the same thing. So it's been cool to see it pay off for them. Do for you Chris. have a discord? I do have a discord. Yeah. Um, yeah. I added you on IG and I just um, added the discord too. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I, started, I started discord after this pandemic because I had a little uh, twofold one. I, I really wanted to make content, but I did not like YouTube. It was not worth it. Um, two, I was really into teaching and I've been doing some guest lecturing at Babson, but the um, pandemic ended all that. And then kind of on the third fold, a lot of people lost their jobs and my business was doing better than ever. 
Mm-hmm. And I felt I was finding myself thinking a lot about what I would be doing if I had lost my job and what I would be like reverting back to. Right. Because once you know how to hustle and make money, it's kind of like a skill that doesn't leave. So I made a, a discord called In This Economy and started kind of pushing out information to help other people that are out of work, um, you know, hustle up cash. Uh, and I said, you know, you can pay me five bucks a month if you want. If you don't have five bucks, the discord's free. You know, if you guys do pay into it, I'm going to use the money to bring more services to the discord and that's it. Um, and, and yeah, since then, now I'm at like, I think 750 members, um, you know, it's a $20 membership. And then I kind of basically look at what groups charge 50 to a hundred dollars for, um, and I pull in their services into my group without changing the price. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I pay for a group myself. I'm in, um, AM notify AM notify. Yeah. And I, that, that I've been in there over two years now and that's 60 a month. Yeah, but I will say I've made that money back a hundred times over just from the information that they provide. So that's pretty cool that you're doing it at a cheaper rate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I don't put pressure on people. I think the other thing I realize in being some discord groups is there's kind of, there's a real toxic culture there where you just got people that are just trolling and, and everything. And, and, yeah. uh, I just wanted to kind of iron that out with, with the group I was putting forth. So I've been really, really happy with the, the community I built over there and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're taking it into 2021. So nice. we'll nice. see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of reaping the benefits, um, I I wore this hat just for you. So let's get into this. I can't see it. Oh, a Rolex hat. (laughs) Let's talk about it, T. What do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys want to talk about? Teach me the way. (laughs) Teach me the way to the Hulkbuster. Man, well, see, I, I think I've been very fortunate in that for whatever reason, I have really good luck when it comes to timing. So I bought a Hulk um, as a graduate. Once I paid off my student loans, I bought myself a Rolex. It's kind of like a, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I'd bought real estate, but I bought a Rolex for myself in Babson Green, a Hulk. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I, I, Rolexes are just such a, an interesting thing because they continue to raise an MSRP every single year. So you kind of get a little price bump every single time and they appreciate, but Getting Rolexes, sport watches for, for retail are, are really relationship based. So you got to find your AD and kind of like kiss ass for a while um, or, or do some sort of a favor to get them because the ADs don't backdoor their stock. They do everything relationship based. So, um, you know, they have a $9,000 Rolex that sells for 20 grand aftermarket. They still are sending that at MSRP because um, the, the watches have serial numbers and everything. It's way harder to backdoor than like a, a random pair of shoes. Um, so yeah, man, but if you can get one of those for retail, it's just a timeless brand where, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much a safe place to put your money in. And at the time too, I downsized that like a hundred sneakers. So I downsized and put my money into a watch and I, I still have it and I still enjoy it. And, um, you know, it's kind of, I like know what sneakers went into, you know, buying that watch. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. That is cool. Um, and how many watches do you say you have now? Only two. Oh, uh, well, Only I, it's two. not true. Maybe, maybe, um, I have two Rolexes and a couple of vintage, um, IWC watches. I actually consulted for, and I, I tell people this all the time too, cause I'm not trying to like pretend. Um, but I consulted for crown and caliber and they wanted to pay me. And I said, how about we work out an agreement where you guys send me a watch, um, whenever I want and oh. on loan and I'll send it back to you. 
Um, so yeah, I have like a $30,000 credit limit with them basically where they just send me, I sign something, they send me a watch, I get to wear it, enjoy it and then send it back. Cause I have, man, I have, I have a short attention span with stuff, you know, especially with sneakers, you know, it's, you kind of inherit that same with cars, man. So like I was getting myself, I would, I knew I was going to get myself into trouble with watches trying to mix it up. And this was like an awesome way to, to try a lot of brands and, and not have to worry about, you know, shelling out the money every time. So what's your favorite watch brand? Um, that's a good question. Probably Audemars. My first watch I bought was was an Audemars Royal Oak. Um, right before, like I would say, like um, like Future and a couple other rappers really put Audemars on the map. Like I bought a Royal Oak for under MSRP, which is just not a thing right now. Everything goes over, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely see that 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 pop culture pop for some of the some of the styles. But yeah, I, I love I love Audemars. I have, I have big wrists, so you know, something with a forty two millimeters is, is about what I need for it. So everything okay. else kind of looks a little dainty. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Why are you wearing your girl watch? Man? <laughs> yeah, I know for real. Like, yeah. And um, going back to sneakers, you said you had a hundred pair. How many sneakers do you have in your collection now? Um, Probably about 40 or uh, 40 or 45. So do you, have, do you have your grail? Do you own your grail? Um, no, I sold it because I had, um, I did, I had it for a long time. I bought the first 1.0 version of the Tom Sachs Mars Yards. I actually had two pairs at a time because when the 2.0s came out, the 1.0s dropped in value crazy. I picked up a dead sock pair for a grand and the first pair I bought, I paid 600 bucks. Um, I think retail was 300 when it first released at the armory Mm -hmm. Uh, and they had extra pairs there too. Um, no one really bought them. So I, I bought two pairs. I, I wore them. The problem is with the 1.0s is they really are fragile. They Tom Sachs really designed them like art, not meant to be worn. And uh, around the same time, all of a sudden the Tom Sachs 2.0s, I don't know what they're worth now, but they just went like up at crazy in value. And then the 1.0s did. So at the time I was, I wanted to renovate um, my kitchen. So I sold both pairs. I sold the worn pair for like 4,500 and the dead stock for six grand. And I was like, I'm just going, but I, but it's hard get, it's hard. Like I've kind of like had to learn how to give up things that I like, you know what I mean? But, um, I wore that pair. I got to enjoy them. Um, you know, I have, I made good content with it. So, you know, that's, that's enough for me. Um, I also have a pair of concepts, air monarchs that never release. Um, that's not really a grail, but I would say that's like an obscure sneaker that I have in my collection that maybe would be a what, grail. What years were you with Concepts? 2014 to 2017. Okay, so, so not that long ago. Closer to four years, if that makes sense. Yeah, not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that Air Monarch project was was like I don't know how that happened, but n- no pairs really survived. There's we got like a box got sent to the office, and I grabbed one. What do you think about the 3.0s coming out with the was it the black on the toe? The Tom Sachs ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that man. I I, really? I I I love Tom Sachs. He's he's an amazing um, thinker and artist and designer. So. But it's just one of those things where if if I can't get it for retail, it's just really hard for me to pay resale for for shoes. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm I at. mean. Re- retail on that shoe is resale on a lot of other shoes. Yeah, what's retail? It's like it's four hundred. It's high. I didn't. Even yeah, it's, it's usually pretty. I mean, like you said, the the one alone was three hundred. Three hundred. Realistically, if that shoe was a GR release, we would 
see that being like a ninety dollars shoe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, um, another question for the shoes. I was thinking about your Grail being the Tom Sachs. How much would you say you've paid for a shoe? Like, what's the what's the most you've ever paid? Um, that's a good question. Um. Uh, the most I ever paid for uh, the most I ever paid for a shoe was probably a pair of Yeezy Red Octobers. I paid maybe fourteen hundred bucks for a used pair, which was, in retrospect was a great price. Um, yeah, that is a great price. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my one of my friends at Nike Town Boston, he had hit on them. He he was like the manager there, so I think um, he had like a heads up that they were dropping. He had worn them, and he, and he, he hooked me up because I wanted to wear them for graduation. Oh, that's dope. Um, so yeah, that was the most I paid. But I've never, if I'm paying that much for a shoe, I either know I'm getting a deal, um, or you know, the same way I've looked at a lot of stuff where. All right, so it uh technical difficulty. Sorry about that. Um, it happened. Yes, it happened. The J Balvin's dropped. Mm. Couple people here got them in hand. Uh, Sneak? No, not yet. No, okay, not yet. Well, Trav, mine, you... mine come today. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, on a Sunday? Yeah, man. When you got a door, man, they treat you nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this guy's got money. <laughs> I, um, I guess I'm the only one with them in hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote. I, I wrote. I wrote a letter to Santa, so I'm just waiting. Oh, you just waiting? Yeah, wait right. for the letter to Wait, get oh, before, before you showed up, before you showed us, Jay. Hold on, hold on. I'm hold sorry, on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Before you showed us, I tell people every week enter these raffles because I took. Oh a, yeah, I was surprised with that. I took an L on sneakers. I was at, I was actually in the office. I took an L, and then I had to go into a meeting. I'm pissed off in the meeting, and I check my email at like maybe eleven, and then exhibition out in Ohio sends me a raffle win. Can we yeah. at least admit though that? If you're a size eight and a half to nine and a half, you can enter all the raffles you want. It's probably yeah. less, well, less no, than likely. I no, because I hit on the um the off white fours. What? Well, yeah, on. but that was for yeah, but that's for the off white store. Yeah. Oh, you mean like yeah, because okay, yeah, okay. you gotta be a New York resident, so the the window is way smaller. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I hit a twelve and a half, which is a unicorn size. Yeah, because only you and John Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah see these raffles, they work. Yeah, yeah, I was very surprised when he showed that, that he won a raffle from Exhibition for a 12 and a half in J Balvin. I was very surprised. And so you only, only put in one email? Only one. Wow. Wow. Tyler, yeah, how man. do you feel about raffles since you've been behind the scenes enough? How do I how do I feel about that? <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I feel like his face just told Why? the whole story. Yeah, Drive the truth, please. <laughs> I would say that if there's a hundred pairs, maybe ten pairs are going to your raffle. Um, it just it it just depends. I mean, look, I've been out I've been out of that world before. I've heard all kinds of things about how um, you know StockX is a facility now where they're able to track inventory using the same Bluetooth monitoring stuff that Nike has because Nike gave them a system. Whether or not that's true, I have no idea. Um, I know Nike would be probably pretty motivated to start kind of pulling people's accounts because at the end of the day, Nike wants to be a direct-to-consumer brand mm. um, as much as possible. But, you know, at the same token for Ravels and stuff, you know, some of these stores, uh, you know, they almost have to participate in aftermarket to make their invoices make sense, you know, for every hundred people that line up for J Balvin, 
you know, that fucking Janowski shoe that they had to take is not moving and mm-hmm. no one's going to buy it. So, you know, it, things have to get balanced out. Um, and there definitely is a balance to it, right? Keeping the stores running and healthy and making sure local people get stuff. But raffles, man, I personally have not entered in a raffle in a minute uh, only because the shops around me aren't really putting out stock like that. It's just like, man, it's almost like not worth my time. That's not to say that people can't win, but, um, yeah. you know, raffles just gotten crazy. I think there was that whole period of time when Yeezys were popping where it was like, Everything was an Instagram raffle. Yo, bro. Oh, that, that was, was terrible. That was the <laughs> that was I was that's really when I just stopped paying attention to it. I was like, uh Yeah, it's to the point that I did um I, I have my own brand and I did an Instagram raffle for literally just a t shirt. And even then I put like the steps on what it takes to run an Instagram raffle. Because even me personally, I'm like, these these things are just bogus. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. But that that's kind of my claim to fame right now as a wash YouTuber is when someone has to tag three people, it's like a high chance. Like I'm I get tagged in those all the time, you know, <laughs> you know they'll tag me and, and I see all the raffles. But, you know, it's just not to me. It's kind of dumb. But yeah. So um, what do you think about this shoe, Tyler? I love that shoe. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I I'm friends with um, you know, Mike uh, Upscale Mandel, yeah. and um, I was he he was kind of mums the word whether or not they're actually coming out. But when I saw those on Super Bowl, I was like, these are great. Um, I again, I don't have them in hand, but I like anytime that they kind of mix up the construction of the upper of the Jordan One. I think it's just been a great thing, um, mm-hmm. especially when they add like the 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 textures to it there, um, and the colors. Man, that that's just. I don't know. I, I, the, the the color blocking of Jordan ones and including collabs, I feel like we've seen every color blocking possible for so for Jay Balvin to do that. I thought was what's was um what's your sentiment currently on the Jordan one? Um, it's definitely been hoard out, but it doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know. Even now, it's like uh, you know, now even Jordan one mids are flipping, but yeah, I think yeah, part of that is the appetite, you know. China's appetite for Jordan ones is crazy. And that's been the same for a couple of years ago now. Um, so that's kind of like the cash cow for Jordan brand. So I'd keep pushing them out. I mean, there was, a, um, yeah. there's a very popular sneaker writer for years. I for, I always forget his name, but he's writing for like soul collector, um, for a very long time. And he wrote an article that was really good about how the Jordan one is this generation's Chuck Taylor. How do you feel about that? Well, that's a good, I guess I'm too young to know what generations the Chuck Taylor is like, who's Chuck Taylor's, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, uh, whose generation they look back at the Chuck Taylor's. That, being was, that was like the eighties, no? Yeah. But it's more so the idea of that. You can pretty much go anywhere, walk into a store and find one of them on the wall. Mm. Oh yeah. Then, then I, then I agree. I agree with that. Um, I mean, it's, I, I feel like everyone wants to have at least one Jordan one in their rotation. And if you look at how it's been, um, you know, styled people wear Jordan ones for all the different kinds of events, weddings, mm-hmm. red carpet. Um, it's just almost seen as something that's like acceptable. And I think that trend even comes from, if you look at even some of the Jordan brand, you know, marketing events or collaborations or crossovers with high profile people, you know, you'll have the guy in the suit with the Jordan one, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever guy from whatever company it is sitting in at the investor meeting is, is wearing that shoe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just, I think, kinda, I think Phil Jackson was the first though. No, I, I don't know if he's the first, I, I know I, that's who I, I'm thinking of when I'm seeing them, you know, yeah. he, used can, to wear can, him, he used to wear them on the sidelines to support so, Mike. 
but yeah, man, I think, I think it's just one of those shoes that's just so, um, so iconic where I just don't see it going away in popularity anymore. So being that you love like the, the, the way the construction is changed on, on certain collaborations. How do you feel about the Travis Scott Jordan one? Cause that's one that people are like mixed, like hit or miss. In the sense that it has a backwards swoosh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Travis Scott Jordan one having a back, a backwards swoosh and people feeling a type of way about it or feeling that it's groundbreaking is like pretty, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much summarizes like sneaker culture for younger people right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they did it. Look, oh no. You know, you know, cause like also right now it seems like every single person, I, I even saw someone post the link to it, but like companies in China are now manufacturing Jordan ones where you can like customize what the swoosh looks like, Yeah, you know, and obviously we had the whole Warren Lotus thing. So at this time I'm just like, you know, I, I think I even saw like a dick on a Jordan one. Like, yeah, yeah, you did. yeah, you definitely did. That's yeah, real. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, so man, backwards <laughs> swoosh, like, woo. I'll take the backwards swoosh over a dick. I'll tell you that. I mean, I I like the mocha color of it, but then they released the mocha um, Jordan. And I honestly, God would rather have that shoe than that. And I had, I won the Jordan one low Travis Scott and I sold that as quick as I got it in. Cause I just, I don't care about, you know, but you didn't like the shoe at all. Or you just, um, it just, it just didn't, uh, I, it, to me, it looks like a bootleg. That's that's what I was trying to get at with with how much the swoosh has been changed around recently. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you know. And then the other thing, and, and getting back to earlier, is like uh, replica sneakers have kind of ruined the appeal of of uh, paying crazy prices for some of these shoes. When when you know the YouTubers or other people that have the shoe in hand early, it's a fake, but it's like oh my god, I can barely tell the difference. I say that all the time. Like when yeah. a shoe is heavily replicated, it makes the appeal of the real thing like not. A, yeah. yeah, it's not you're not like looked at like exclusive, like ah, them right. shoes are fake. Right. When the shoe's so fake that when you see someone with it, you're like, oh, it's probably fake. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You know, so like even the going back to the Travis one, the highs, those were heavily faked. Yeah. 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 And you had to like really know what you were looking at to to discern the difference. Mm-hmm. I I um I jumped out the window and bought a pair on eBay for like seven hundred, just thinking, you know, this will go up in a year. And when it came, it was just so bad, so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some are obvious, but other ones, it's like, oof, man. Like, and that's what gets scary. Where, mm-hmm. in addition, not wanting to pay resale, uh, unless I like know exactly where it came from, it's like, man, I don't even want to take the risk because I've been out of legit checking and reselling shoes now. Where I, I'd be lying if I said I knew how to how to tell the difference. People are smelling it. The, you guys the, take out yeah, the Jordan one sits on the table and rocks. But then, you know, <laughs> the safe yeah, token, you know, I, I, I brought shoes into consignment where I literally had unboxed them from Nike when I had gotten them. Right. And I had the owner of the shop saying, like, I don't know if they're real or not. You know what I mean? So but that's that's really the problem where there's uh what, what is it where it's same thing with now we're going to talk politics on this, but you know how like they cast so much doubt on something where then it's like, even if it is real, they're like, oh, I don't know, man, because you've just had so much. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's kind of how it is, how I feel about, about they muddy. That. They muddy the waters. Yeah. It's, the, it's so unclear that it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know. I don't want to be bothered. I mean, you would also think that these companies like would prioritize that, but. Ultimately, being replicated 
is like the ultimate honor. And it's yeah. only, it's literally like what, like what you were talking about earlier with marketing, it's free promotion. Right. Like you're right. seeing my product, even if it's not real, you're seeing my product on, you know, a thousand different Chinese websites or Korean websites, whatever it is, like being promoted to you in your face 24 yeah. seven. So it's like, I mean, in buying replicas, at a certain extent, it, it gives people something to aspire to. But but I would also argue that some replica prices, even at wholesale, are close to what retail is. Yeah. And then you got people selling replicas at full resale. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I think Nike actually hates it. But the problem is, is they're so concerned with margins that they do these contracts with the companies. And then in China, they'll subcontract it out to another another facility um, you know, so that everyone can make margins. And, mm-hmm. and when you have uh, when you have that going on, it gets really hard to, to run checks and balances. So for people that are saying, you know, these are gray market, you know, that really is a thing because essentially they, they're exactly the same as what's coming out. They just haven't been authorized in the product run, you know, so that's that makes it even more murky. So I actually just read a really interesting article. Um, do you remember the Revenge Storm sneakers? yeah did you you know what happened with that sneaker ultimately what why you stop production yeah why that why we don't see them no more no, uh, because they got ran off as fakes and they got imported into la and then a couple boutiques started buying them all and selling them as real yeah so what happened oh, is shit. um ian the the team that was running revenge storm lost the contract with the factory yeah but at that time they still had the factory still had the materials, the molds, everything. So ultimately, there was no way to tell them not to produce the shoe. Oh, yeah. So wow. they were just making them and sending them out. So pretty much they're real. They're just unauthorized. Yep. So yeah, I got I got an email in my inbox where I think I got offered uh, 32,000 pairs at 40 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't touch that, dude. Because plus, that sh- I hate that that shoe sucks anyway. I don't think I can sell. <laughs> I don't think there's thirty two thousand people that want that shoe right now. That didn't. I don't think so either. But, yeah, it's funny. Me and Tony were at um, Complex Con the year when they were big, um, and their installation had a crazy line, and these kids are paying mm-hmm. three hundred dollars for this fucking knockoff van. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Ian Connor on a personal level, but I think his shoes suck too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so what, what? What if you were a fan of him? Would you still think his sneakers suck? Yeah, I think they suck. I think anytime that you, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm wearing, uh, I'm wearing a logo with a upside down Rolex, but like, I think anytime that you take uh, an existing silhouette or brand and then just kind of like do your own, it's like. It, it, bootlegging is like cool and it, it's cool like when like Ari did like the Newport thing where it's just it's art but yeah. bootlegging to make 10,000 units and just do a cash grab it's like that that's mm-hmm. kind of dumb to me yeah, and you could definitely tell it's a cash grab too yeah. Like, yeah even all the way down to the box the box wasn't even put together oh, yeah. appropriately like come on yeah I forget the I forget the dude that did it in partnership with him but I I, I forget what I sent and so and him and I got a huge argument on Twitter but I think I just told him to go fuck himself and his brand sucks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, but then that's when I started learning about Cause you know, when someone talks shit on the internet and you start Googling, like, like who is this person? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started realizing that they were getting all their stuff run off and it was getting imported here. So, okay. man, what a nightmare for a brand owner though. That must suck. Yeah. I doubt he cares. He'll, they'll, yeah. he'll have something new. You know, yeah, he'll have another money grab some. Somewhere. Yeah, 
Yeah, is he, he's, is he he's in jail? The ones with the dick on it coming. He in. was in jail. I think he's out already. Oh, yeah. Um, another sneak event released <laughs> yesterday. The uh, Jubilee Jordan 11s. Mm-hmm. Tyler, can we get your thoughts on this sneaker? Man, I what's what's Jubilee mean? Elation, joy? I wasn't, no, no, it's, it's like, like a celebration. Anniversary, yeah, celebration. celebration. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't feeling any celebration. You know, <laughs> any of that with that shoe. Um, Yo, me, me and Tyler got so much in common. It's yeah, yeah, you're like we, best friend right yeah, now. Yeah, we're right. we we speak exactly the same. This looks like when Soul Collector does, runs the story about the upcoming colorway of the Jordan, but they don't have the official colorway. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it's grayed out, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But no, not not for me. I mean, uh, people love Jordan Elevens, but this wasn't for me. Um, I was yeah. surprised they did so well. It, well, well me, me, me and Tony were literally just talking about that yesterday, how the Jordan 11 market is really crazy right now. Like, bro, a lot of models that came out just a year ago are double in price right now. Well, but that that's always been the shoe where if there was one shoe drop in a year, it was like you had to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did these come in the box with the... I, I don't have this pair, and I haven't oh, bought a yeah. Jordan one, but I know when I brought the re-release of the breads... They they stopped having the plastic, plastic slide out. Yeah, why did they stop doing that? That was, was like slide the out box with the sleeve. Yeah, that yeah. that made you feel like the price point was uh the yeah. right way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. they got rid of that. Man, that's well, you know, you know, they, they that's where they spend the most money when manufacturing. Package do so right, right, and instead they were like, well, we're gonna change the trim so it's more like the OG silhouette, and we're gonna give you the the OG experience. Yeah. yeah that box but man but yeah that was the best feeling was getting getting the jordan 11s for retail and then you know lifting up that thing like like and then seeing them in there and be like oh okay i think the best one for me was the space jam one yeah Yeah. Yeah. the artwork i think that was the one that made me say it It even has um looney tunes branding yeah on on it right yeah 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 Yeah. that was the one yeah I All right, so. Yeah, I got a pair of Jordan 11s here still in the collection. I got a couple of them, but yeah, man, I, I love those. Love them. So nobody got uh, Jubilees. Over. No, that, oh, no. That, I, that shoe is super uncomfortable to me. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch for the people in the barbershop, but not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, I went and got a haircut, and I'm they know I'm into sneakers. So, so they're like, yo, Tony, I need these. I'm like, just go online. There's nothing to get. But they're like, yo, can you get it for me? I'm like, all right, fuck it. I bought it. I'm like, hey, it's going to be 300 Oh, that's it? All right, got it. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I didn't Tone do anything. It's just... Tone was having well, the, like turkeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get one. You get the resellers, one. The resellers I know were buying like cases at a time. Yeah. Like I seen people with like, yo, I got 50 pairs, 40 pairs. Like, yeah. It's a good, yeah, good hole too. The street's right. going to take it. Right. Yeah. That, and, that's, and that's something interesting where I think a lot of young resellers don't get it. No. Is there's people that don't shop online for yeah. shoes. They don't have a credit card, but you know they'll, they'll come in and, and and spend locally if you have it in hand. You know mm-hmm. they want that weekend or yeah. whatever it is. Like AKA uh, PS Five. I was just about to yeah. say that. Like I like in my Discord, I see people saying, "Oh, I sold my PS Five for eight hundred. I'm like, I could get eleven hundred right now from a guy like down the block. So, and that yeah. that just goes back to like not having these relationships and things like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and they're and, and they're just happy because they're able to get it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't feel like you're getting, they're getting taxed at all. You know, yeah. no. but, 
Yeah. Uh, another sneaker I want to talk about, and I want to. I want everybody. Mm, no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. So, sneaker that dropped the Stussy Air Force Ones. Can yeah. we get into this? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that sneaker? Dude, I forgot that they dropped, but I remember. And let me just pull it up. Force One. When they dropped the 11th? Yeah, they it was dropped, like, yeah. 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 Friday, Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is why I forgot because I wanted to I wanted to buy these. I, I love um I love the fossil uh Pantone. That yeah. color I love. I love fossil. It used to be I don't know if they changed light bone to fossil. To me, I think they look very similar, but light bone and fossil, one of my favorite um, palettes for it. But I'm not, I just looked at StockX. I'm not paying $565 yeah. dollar so for it. The, the thing that a lot of people don't know is that the fossil is supposed to be uh, Stussy only. Yeah, and the black it's pair. Stussy only? Okay. Yeah. And the black pair is going to be uh, seen throughout boutiques and mm-hmm. uh, sneakers app and everything. But here's the thing. Everybody was going crazy on Friday from New York to Los Angeles. They even shut the New York uh, drop down because there were so many people outside. Mm. Uh, I saw in Los Angeles, shout out to young Corey. I saw that um, there was a civilized line in Los Angeles, as as always. And (laughs) it's just the fossil, like we said, is something that is to go for. But this black pair. Seeing everybody go for this black pair, it's like, yo, guys, do you guys really like this shoe? Or is it just because of the hype and because it's a collaboration and it's that's it? Well, I think Stussy's been killing it lately yeah. especially with their collabs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But going crazy over a black Air Force One when I guarantee they're just buying it just to see if they can sell it. Yeah, but the, the same could be said of like the Supreme Black Nasty. Like, oh, mm-hmm. the Black Nasty? Nice. Yeah, but you get to see it on the resale market when the price goes down. It's just like, okay, you guys really didn't like this shoe. Yeah, right. You ju- you guys just bought it to sell it. And now I'm basically getting it for the retail that I was supposed to get it for in the first place. Yeah, my thing is if you've ever owned a pair of hemp shoes, you know the creases are like insane. Crazy. And yeah. there's no way to get it out either. Like once it creases, it's creased. Like it's done. So yeah, it's very hard to like want that shoe because... You all right? So how what was retail? One thirty. One thirty. What's the flip is let's say five hundred. Mm-hmm. So you could take a three hundred and fifty dollar profit, or you can wear them twice. Maybe <laughs> they're gonna crease like that, and that's it. Like that profit is gone. You're never getting that back with with a crease in that sneaker. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you can still get a little bit. People uh, take used sneakers all the time nowadays. Cre- yeah, but I think creases. Is a big factor in whether you're paying that for a used sneaker or not. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that that sneaker released. Um, there's a lot of so let's talk about the rumors. That isn't the last. Stussy will be having another collab in 2021. A lot more Air Force Ones are on the way. Mm-hmm. And next year. Just a reminder for everybody to look forward to is an Air Force One anniversary. Oh, oh okay. So, so Nike's probably transitioning the dunk into the Air Force One is going to get all that energy. Yeah, a lot of energy coming for next, next year. year. I, I actually saw a. I, I thought Air Force I don't know if it's an SB. You saw the SB with the Air Force upper and a SB um, sole. 
No. Yeah, it's called. They're calling it the NBD, never done before, or NDB. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Trav. If you look up Nike Dunk NDB, it should come up. Um, It's. It looks like it's a collaboration with someone. I don't know if it's an artist or uh, a boutique. But um, I thought the Air Force One was eighty-two. Is uh, they've been giving boutiques a lot. You used to be you couldn't touch Nike sportswear with rare exception. Like Bodega got a footscape, but really all the Nike sportswear stuff was, was limited to overseas. So it's been nice to see Nike kind of open up some of the sportswear models to boutiques because, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Same with Jordan brand, you know, mm-hmm. and there's one more shoe I want to cover that released uh, the Nike dunk ambush. Oh yeah. Dunk a ambush. lot of people yeah. were going little haywire for that shoe i'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of that shoe i'm not I'm not a fan at all yeah I, I wanted to get them for my wife but um yeah me too i kind of slept on it i thought like oh it'll be easy yeah, release day and it sold out um can, yeah. you, pull, can you pull that one up Trav? yeah because we didn't and, cover it and resale is busting yeah actually resale is doing good on that shoe yeah yeah 488 the pink ones release or no? Is no, that no? Just, just black right. for now. Black. Googling it. I like the pink ones better. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Yoon. Um, I've been an Ambush yeah. fan since like the beginning Babies. of the 2000s. But um, the Power Rings. I mean, fact, Teriyaki yeah. Boys. I had a power chain. This looks before. so close to the Slam Jam Dunk, though. But I mean, I get that the um, this the swoosh it. is more accentuated, but yeah, yeah. No, it kind of yeah. Now that you said that, it kind of does look like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just feel like the color blocking wasn't enough for, to move me personally. But I know Tyler's not gonna like this, but what moved me the most is the swoosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, they could have they could have really turned it on its head and made it backwards. <laughs> We'd have really have something on our hands then. <laughs> really go for it. And then one one more shoe. Uh, let's switch over to. Tony's favorite, uh, Bape. Yes, with sir. With Weekend collab. But they finally got one. Yeah, but it didn't really do anything. I didn't see nobody post do nothing. It. Yeah. This is the Weekend's second collaboration with Bape, right? They yeah. did one. Might, might be um, his third, actually. I know he has a okay. really close Top relationship left. with um, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, Kevin was able to show a couple people. Well, I think he showed everybody. the On the way, the Bape. Reebok Classic. I do. No, it, it wasn't like Kevin. That. It was the weekend. Oh, well, I saw it through Kevin. Okay, I think but, they sent it to the weekend, and he posted okay. it. Yeah, and but I love the tongue on that. Pause. The tongue label. Let's see. Mm, no, 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 no. It's a Reebok Classic. I don't think yeah. it's gonna be so like, the Club C or. Let me see. I know the weekend posted on his story. Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Twenty-one hours ago. No, no, not, no, not those. Is yeah, it's the twenty hours ago one. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm yeah, not clean. mad at that at all. That's clean. But you know what kind of remind me of all those um, customs people make with the with the material on the on the um, Air Force Ones or like they change the swoosh out. Yeah, these are good though. Yeah, I mean, this, is what, this is what people want. I, I what was Vape yeah. um, did a couple other. Bape did that collaboration with Reebok where I think it was a question mid that was almost all black. It yeah. sucked. That sucked. Yeah. There's been a couple Bape Reebok collabs that have been like under retail duds. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nah, these are clean though. Yeah. Yeah, no, these, these, and these it's probably going to be at a low price yeah. point too. 
Maybe I bet you it's probably closer to two hundred bucks. To be honest, nah, I think I, I say one fifty. Like, yeah, right, I, can, I would say one twenty. All right, one twenty, really? Yeah, man, it's Reebok, bro. I bet you. I bet you gonna be one eighty. Right, we're, we're gonna revisit this comment. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> shake on it. <laughs> they're clean though. They're clean. They're clean. Yeah, I like this, Tony. I only hear you switching. Switching. Oh, I'm loving it. How we're doing every brand today, not just Nike. <laughs> switching what well, the Kid Cudi Adidas. Has anyone seen these? No. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We did talk about them. Yeah. But didn't didn't Kid Cudi wasn't he supposed to have that asterisk sneaker? But then it was like he just kind of launched it, and they never did the collab. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Kid Cudi had something with Adidas before. Yeah, he well, he was like you know how Kylie Jenner was the poster child of the women's yeah. shoe. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Kid Cudi like introduced the Adidas asterisk shoe or, or A S T R K. But you're saying this is his. Yes, his it's, yeah, this I'm, is not, his I'm not mad at it. It doesn't move me, but I'm it's not back mad to at the it. Future it's, it's, this is this is like when the Solar Yeezy dropped. Whatever kid was living in that. It, what year was that? 2011, 12. Mm-hmm. The first one, the 1.0s. This is like Chad Muska's and like, <laughs> like whoever's still living in that age is is like salivating. Over yeah. It. And you know what else it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Jerry Jeremy Scott with the bone. Jeremy Scott, yeah, with yeah. The huge accentuated three two six. Yeah, interesting. I, I I like them, but I just think that this. What I really am trying to say is that the fit that this shoe goes with. I just don't know if people are wearing clothes to make this work. Yeah, today. You're right. You're right. But I I love the the futuristic stuff. Um, in terms of like a mat, like you know, this looks like a space shoe, so mm-hmm. a little partial to that. Shut when up. is it release? It has to be this year. They're showcasing. Is it released already? Oh no, um, December. So. Oh, this week Thursday. Oh Thursday. It's probably going to be a zero percent commission release. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I can make some money selling shoes online, they're like, yeah, zero <laughs> percent. Uh, all right, hold up. Sneak's not here. His uh, sneak. Are you back? Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were in here. All right. All right. I'll cut that out. Um, Tyler, let's get your thoughts on Yeezys. Okay. Are Man. you still a, are you still a fan? Are you have you ever been well, a fan? Uh, actually, one of his most popular videos on YouTube oh, yeah. uh, is go for it. is uh, Yeezy three fifty black triple yeah. black the original. He almost got like seven hundred twenty thousand views on that one. Well, that was because I got real pairs early, and that was why I was able to do a lot of good videos. Was going back to how people had the fake pairs early. Mm-hmm. I would get a pair early um, to review that I knew was was legitimate. So that really helped me make the content where um, you know it became a thing. Yeah, look at some of these videos, man. This the before you buy videos did so well. I wish I did more of those, but. I also just kind of, it just got so tiresome on there, man. Uh, Yeezys, you know, I, I loved the 750s, which they never brought back. Yeah. Not Chocolate sure, was my favorite. Not sure why. I, I The only thing I can think of that they stopped the 750s was they must, because the zippers did break. There were some big issues with those. And either they couldn't fix it or maybe they lost the relationship with the factory. Cause, but, um, I I was always so surprised they they never brought back 750s, um, but man I I don't know the 350s is like the Roshi run of um, <laughs> yeah it's like talking <laughs> it's like sneaks 
twin over here. Yeah. yeah. Like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> it's also the shoe that I'll get people that aren't into sneakers and they'll say, can you get me this one? And like, they'll send me a picture of it. And I don't even like, it's not even on my radar that it released or like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't distinguish the, the, the palettes from each other. There's just been so many that have released, but that's going back way back at the beginning of the discussion when we were talking about how the the bot and aftermarket community is propping those up. I, I still think that's the case for the 350s because I know their production numbers on some of these and they are very high for for what they are. I think um, so. So let me run my my theory by Tyler since we seem to see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. So I tell these guys all the time that. In my opinion, with the 350 specifically, Kanye, for lack of a better term, gentrified sneakers because it's become a sneaker that you see in circles that just were never into sneakers. Meaning like, yeah, I I agree with that where it was, yeah, where it's like the guy that has the the Gucci Ace sneaker has a pair of Yeezys, but he doesn't have any other sneaker in his collection. Maybe maybe a Jordan one. Um, Yeah. I, I I agree with that. Uh, Even then um, you'll see it like, you know, on soccer moms, mm -hmm. you'll see Mm -hmm. it on like the, the, I'm sorry to say it, but the the housewives, the housewives of Beverly Hills, they'll have them on to the, to get their hair done. Yeah, get their nails done. Like. Yeah, it's it's the it, well, I'm white, so I can't really speak to it. But it's the shoe where, like, you know, your your white friend that's in the suburbs will hit you up about whether or not you can get it, just on the basis that they know you like sneakers, you know. But it's always someone that you you would never imagine in a million years asking for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. And I think in addition to that, uh, maybe even a better way of saying it is, it's like the Yeezys, the shoe where all those like. 12 and 15 year old kids whose parents were like bankers or something else that had money that were getting into reselling. That was the shoe that was like coming into the house on mom and dad's credit card where they had maybe 12 or 15 pairs. And dad was like, yo, what are you doing with those? And they're like, oh, I'm making money. Like, this is the thing. Like StockX is cool. Like, let's put money into it. You know, like it was like the the venture capitalist shoe where every single kid was so popular that it just kind of like went into all those households that never had sneakers, not on the basis that those people buying them enjoyed sneakers on the basis that there was money to be made from them. And then that's kind of what piqued everyone's interest. Um, and then made it be like, Oh, this is a status symbol because, Oh yeah, these are easy. They're two twenty, but my kid sells them for, you know, mm. two after fees on stock X. He's <laughs> You said two thirty-two. No, mom, these are investments, you know. And, and then, you, and then, you know, Adidas and Easy Team are like, "Oh yeah, the breads they did good. We're gonna put another fifty five hundred thousand pairs out." And these kids sitting on them like their investments just like crumbling. But um, man, yeah, dude, I I, I am not a fan of the three fifty. I don't own any pairs. Um, I never bought a pair. I mean, the ones I'm reviewing, I brought back to the shop. Um. <laughs> So, but man, did I resell a lot of them? Yeah, that's for sure. That's I, for sure. I think I I don't know if it was on the episode, but last week I was showing the guys like in 2017 I was selling pairs at Flight Club for two thousand dollars. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it, we'll we'll never get back to that time, but what a time! Oh yeah, I mean, the the craziest gotcha moment was when the triple black 750s came out, and I knew what the stock numbers were because I, I was fascinated with um based on allocations and if you had a tier zero, if you knew what one tier zero door got, you could kind of start to think about how many pairs they got. 
And man, the triple blacks were allocated maybe like 10 times greater than this, than the gray ones. But the resellers didn't know that. I think I sold the black ones like 1850 a pair, Jesus. which was like even almost like above what they were reselling. But it's because people had this impression that they'd be so scarce. And, uh, mm. you know, but, but getting back to the whole point where that was the shoe where now you had like really wealthy uh, exchange students here in the country from China that were just buying everything and shipping it back home to the point where now I'm pretty sure China's uh, flag stuff where now you have to ship stuff over uh, with the boxes broken down because they flag it in a box with customs. Um, mm. But that's how much volume was coming from here over 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 to China. Yeah, so I, I, I met a lot of people in my resale days of Yeezys yeah. that were shipping like a motherfucker over there. Yeah. Like I, I, I remember <laughs> I met up with one guy in the bank. He came with his translator Jeez. Oh, really? to talk to me. About the deal, and I was like, "He don't speak English." No, no, no. You talk to me. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, to be honest, though, to Kanye's credit, the one thing I will say is that he definitely found an untapped market and tapped the shit out of it. Like, what, what's, the, the, what's the untapped market? That market, the 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 market, like he was saying, you know, the the young venture capitalist, mm-hmm. the, the soccer mom, the the housewife, like. It, is that all credit due to him or the Kardashian family? So, no, yeah, we always talk about that. How that's another take we have, Tyler, where the Yeezy is three fifty, especially is just a Kardashian shoe. Like that's mm-hmm. that's basically Kim K's shoe. Um, she promotes it more than him. I yeah. mean, there's not much more to say than that. Like, yeah, I mean, tapping. Tap it, it was almost like the perfect storm of things too, because not only did the the bump and resale culture where you're getting the the news stories about it. You had StockX really taking off. You had, you know, Kanye marrying Kim. And now that whole Kardashian clan is is presenting those to, to you know, a new audience of women, whoever it is. Where now it's, a to your earlier point, um, a status symbol having Yeezys, you know. And I would even argue that, the, that Kanye's Nike Yeezys, like some kids don't even know that are buying them. They don't even know about that or care, um, you know, now that, that yeah. that's him, you know. Yeah. That's true. They, yeah, they we're getting to the 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 age where the Nike Yeezy is is so old that it's just becoming almost irrelevant because they yeah. they are becoming unwearable. Like a lot of people yeah. with Yeezy ones, they're they're crumbling yeah. now. So, or I saw a picture yeah. the other day where a red October strap like just right. came right off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was I think uh, getting back to selling rails. That was something I was very aware of. Where these shoes, especially if you wear your shoes and don't just keep them in the box, like. They have a they have a lifespan where, you know, you get to the point where you're like, oh man, I don't, I because I had all the easy ones, the Zens and, and everything. Same with the easy twos, and that air bubble was just like, oh my god, counting yeah. down the days. What um what number are you at with your collection? You said how many how many pairs? Yeah, um, I think I got like 40, 40 yeah. or fifty, I think. Okay, that's a yeah yeah, point. and I, I stopped getting seated stuff so a long time ago. It, it's kind of ironic, right? Because you'll get. Uh, Instagram influencers that get seated a pair and that same pair of shoes, I might push, you know, $400,000 worth on the affiliate side, but it's such an uphill battle getting product. It's just like crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure if I was getting seated stuff, I, I'd let it pile up, but yeah, I'm down to like maybe 40, 50, which is still like an obscene amount. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the number I'm trying to get down to. I'm at like a 150, 170 right now. 
and I, I definitely want to just get like my my a solid like 30 40 and that's yeah. it yeah do you still um wake up for those sneakers releases and try your luck or no i'm not i mean i'm on east coast time so it's not i'm sure and i think all you guys are on yeah, east yeah, coast yeah. Time, yeah, yeah. Sun, it was sunday at 10 a.m when you guys agreed to this so I was like, <laughs> okay, can't be on the west coast but yeah i mean i'll throw my hat in uh i, I don't know i i got the jordan fours that just came out on the on the hyper strike release there that's the a good pair or whatever it's called mm-hmm. um so i went i went occasionally but I got the uh, the Kobe rings. I get the shoes where like you can make twenty bucks on StockX. Like that's where my tier uh, sneakers account is, is that. And it's <laughs> funny. I can talk about this now too because enough times passed, and I'm sure you guys know as well. But the sneakers app is not random a- at all. Yeah, yeah, we do that. Yeah, okay, okay. You can tell. You can, you can talk about it a little more. Yeah, but it, but it's like. You know, there's certain things that can trigger whether or not you get a pair if they if they decide. And and the more interesting thing that 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 happens with sneakers is you guys know about marketing pixels, right? Tracking that sort of thing. Um, Sneakers does not allow any third party marketing pixels on it, meaning um, for affiliate sales, anything like that. So all that data um, Nike really cares about. They care about it so much that I'm not, I'm almost positive. Nike owns the company that, uh, built out sneakers for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure they do. I, I know we looked it up a while ago, but the point being is that, um, for, for Nike, that sneakers app, they just must have so much great data on their customers to the point where they can just set up all those conditions as to who gets what, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild. To me. Yeah. I saw, um, a post, like people talking about the jubilees you know and um, one person got the w and he said you know just when you're about to you know give up on sneakers completely yeah. you get the w you're like yeah. ah fuck it i'm i'm in it for the next 10 releases yeah well it's funny because uh i had dinner with one of the guys and he was telling me that that for this period of time they were waiting entries more heavily if you had shared the launch on social media and the next day was the Travis Scott Jordan one launch and you, I clicked share to Twitter and posted it and I got it. Now, whether or not that's true, oh, like whether yeah. or not that's an, an isolated example or random, but that's the kind of things that they can set in, you know, yeah, well, oh. I'll, 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 I'll give some free game. Um, just as far like what you're piggybacking on what you're saying, it's all about the activity for them. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I don't know, like maybe a month or two ago, they were doing that access for dunks that previously released. But if you had watched their dunk episodes that are coming out, it increased your chances of getting that exclusive access. So all mm. that type of stuff is being tracked. So I always tell people, you know, just get your human activity up on your account, you know, scroll, like post. It, it takes five minutes yeah. to do that and you might increase your chances. So, Man, I didn't know that about the videos. I got, I got to watch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm about to hit every release from now to now. Um, if y'all don't, if y'all don't see me next week, the Nike agents came to my house and took me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Supreme. Supreme. About it? Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, last on, on Thursday, <laughs> released the uh, Mortal Kombat machine. Yeah, yeah that you had to put that. together yourself. Yeah. Trav, did you think they was going to deliver an arcade machine to your yeah, crib? Yeah, they was going to be all together. No, I think it's in two pieces. It's all it's all in pieces. You got to put it together. Um, well, it's, it's, arcade, it's arcade one up though. You guys, you see yeah, those at Walmart? They're yeah. not they're not yeah. really as big as you think. It just got the riser on it, so yeah. it's not like uh, 
you know, a thousand pound machine. Whatever. Yeah, you could buy it at um, Best Buy has them too. They're like four feet tall and you yep. can take them home and put it together. Yeah. So, um, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Supreme? Uh, uh, is it still a thing? Will it lose its steam next year being bought? I, I, I don't buy it. I haven't bought anything from Supreme. I like some, I like the accessories still. I think they're cool at retail for sure. Um, but you know, I, I, the brand, the brand for me is, is kind of had a huge departure. Another thing where I think some of the products propped up by resellers, mm-hmm. um, I wish I got that. There, there's things I'd love to have for now that I, you know, I'm a homeowner now and or a single family homeowner now. So it's like, you know, there's some stuff I'd like to have in the house, but but over retail, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't touch it. Um, an interesting thing, going back, and again, enough times passed where I can talk about it is, I before Supreme got acquired the first time, obviously they they do sales reporting and they do inventory. They had to get a lot of inventory off their balance sheet, and um, they actually started selling off boxes of stuff from their their print where they were printing stuff, old stuff. And I probably spent maybe fifty grand on um, old Supreme pieces uh, that w- that were from the print shop, and I had like I kept a couple because they're like samples and rare and everything else. But it was interesting to see that even Supreme was doing kind of that pump fake sellout where mm. stuff that you know, uh, and, and also this is going. I think Supreme just had a sale, but I remember yeah, back they early two thousand eleven, two thousand ten. That's the first time I went to New York, and and I went in Supreme and bought something. But they used to have the sales all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then the product would inevitably disappear. Well, that all went somewhere, right? So that was some of the stuff that I was buying. And um, yeah, I, I just thought that the, the acquisition was good, you know, go, good good for the guys over there. But um, what I was arguing with some people on Twitter about is how they could see that happen and, and think that there's going to be the same um, distribution of Supreme or they're not going to increase production. It's just like, it's it's nonsensical. Like that's the only way that makes sense for them paying you know two point one two point two billion dollars. So you know, well, they, I, they, they, it, I don't know if you remember, but before COVID, they had a roadmap of like stores that were they were opening, and they had like a good you know increase of maybe three, four, five stores in the U.S. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and 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 they they know what they're doing. Like that that's what you know get, getting in the key cities is, is look look at stone island you could kind of see stone, stone island got bought i think by a singapore um venture capital group a while ago before they got sold again to montclair or, or somewhere in, in pacific asia but you could see them just opening flagship 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 mm-hmm. flagship where you know because my friend managed the the flagship out in la and like that store wasn't doing crazy volume but it's just having it there that that has yeah. value you know yeah, a so, lot of these a lot of these people pay rent just for the the marketing pretty much of it. Right. Just to say they have a have a store there. Um but yeah, I mean, I would love to to get some Supreme stuff, but I, a brand I haven't paid retail for or resale for and you know, it's just it's just another a lot of these things that I liked once like you had to get a bot and a setup and a proxy, I just was like I I don't have the bandwidth to 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 do it. The, yeah, the, the mental bandwidth. <laughs> yeah the mental bandwidth i don't have the uh let me lower the desk here i don't i just it's just like you know one more thing to to do you know what are you um so as far as uh, streetwear brands are concerned what what brands do you actually shop with um mo- only stone island for the most part but uh i stopped buying stone island after the they got acquired the first time and started doing production a lot more production in romania a lot more production even in china now 
Um, but yeah, I probably have like 50 or 60 Stone Island pieces going back from like late eighties to, to wow. maybe mid, mid, um, two thousands. Nice. Um, I love that brand, um, from Italian heritage and just the fact that, uh, the, the textiles have such good stories and, and how it's done and, and watching like the garment house videos and their, their archives is just crazy to me. So that's good. And then my buddy, um, Jacob Keller, who might be a good person for this as well. He's, he's a big, big time. Um, he, you guys would have a good podcast with him. He's great, but he owns a brand called bare knuckles that he started. Um, and, and I love his brand as well. So I, that's like the only two brands in my closet right now is, is that and bare knuckles. So. Okay. Yeah, it's funny, right? How we realize it earlier with with clothes than we do with sneakers. How uh, you don't really need everything; you can just yeah. get oh, yeah. a couple pieces. Yeah, I mean, and that, like, like I said, I might got fifty or sixty pieces of Stone Island, but I wear the same stuff. Like, every, especially with COVID now, I wear the same couple of things every once in a while. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this is bare knuckles. Oh, there's Sean. Sean's great. He lives in New York as well. But um, Jacob's out in, out in Oregon. But um, okay. yeah, th- this brand's done done tremendously well for them. Um, Didn't they just open a, a store in a storefront in New, in New York? Uh, no, they did a pop up in New York, and Jacob did a collaboration with Russell Athletic that was in New York next door oh. to Stadium Goods. But they're based in Portland, Oregon, and they have a vintage store that they opened a door up there for. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. For that. I think yeah, I think the, the pop up in New York. Yeah. When was when was that? Uh, pre-COVID, so had it been uh, like last, last summer, maybe? No, uh, maybe last fall. I, I I could pull it up one second. Yeah, because um, I remember Jay, didn't you? Yeah, pop it? and you yeah, were like, "What was this?" Yeah, that was the. Um, it was cold outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I remember Jay well, posted it. Yeah, because the Russell pop up was there for a while. That was in October twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Was the yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. It was cold outside. Yep, I remember yeah. that. That so, was a good pop up. A lot of people, uh, a lot of our people were in there. Yeah, he, he did really well with that collection. Um, but yeah, he's a super humble guy. I think you guys would have a good chat with him if you guys want me to connect you. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Um, every week we do a sneak of the week, a segment where we pick our favorite sneaker that we might purchase within the next week or the, the year's almost over. So we have yeah. a little bit to pick from. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any sneakers that you would purchase or you think that you do like, you would pick that one. Well, so, for, for Tyler, since you, you're so uh, limited now as far as like what your your taste is. Yeah. What's a sneaker? So better said, what's a sneaker of 2020 that you would want to get your hands on, but you you just didn't or the the, the the Jay Balvin uh, ones, definitely. And I, I never reach out and ask people for stuff um, ever. But that was one where I was like really considering hitting up um, Mike about it because I just really loved it. And now they're, I think I'm going to end up coughing up maybe 500 bucks for a pair. Um, so we'll see if, if once people get their pairs in, that number drops a little bit. Yeah, uh, it will. Because it, it jumped up the day to release it and then jumped right back down. Yeah, I'll tell you this, though. I would definitely purchase at 500 Cause I think, um, oh, yeah. I think that's probably the bench. I don't think, I don't, if, if it did drop below that, it would be maybe 10 to 15%, but the increase is going to be easily like a hundred percent from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's going to go, go, go way up, you yeah. know, um, it's yeah, going to be number, on the same trajectory as the, the numbers union. were really small. For this yeah. production. Well, I, I I would guess that too, just based on the construction of, of how they put it together. You know what I mean? That's not something that could have just gone on in an existing line. So, you know, hopefully I'll hopefully I'll pick up a pair here. We'll see what happens. But um 
upscale. My, Get this my, man a pair. Nah. <laughs> my, my thought process was more so it's his first collab. So maybe Nike just wanted to test the waters or Jordan brand, better said, wanted to just test the waters and see like what kind of um, traction it would get before. Yeah. Like, because a- after this release, I can't see this being his only collab. Like, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he also taps a, a market that Jordan brand, I think, would struggle to market to otherwise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and Jordan brand's done a really good job with the women's brand. My buddy Dame, who used to be over at um, Villa, uh, is is working there with Jordan Brand's women. They've done an amazing job expanding the brand there. So I think the the Balvin collab is going to kind of be along that same vein, you know, introducing the brand more globally. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Next uh, sneak of the week, Tone, Trav. What's coming out? Can you pick up the, pull up the calendar, Trav? Oh no. Get I'm it. definitely. I don't think yeah, no, not no, really. No, no. We're not done. We're not done. Uh, we're well, not done. What was uh, the ba- the Bape shoes coming out? I thought. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Kid Cuddy's coming out December seventeenth. That was coming out. I don't know if the Bape's going to be probably twenty twenty one, but that Bape Reebok would definitely be something I'd buy. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll with go the with the. Shoe. I'll go with the uh, purple dunk finally coming out. The women's. I'll take that. They what? Oh, they're coming out on the sneakers app. Uh, yeah, they should be. Okay. Okay. Um, a couple stores already got theirs, but they said there were no big sizes in stock. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, me personally, has- I, I'm gonna hang it up for 2020. You done? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. No 95? Oh, you already got 95. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, some of these, like those purple dunk, um, the 95. Yeah, like some of these, I already have like the originals. Um, and even then, like I'm trying to get the Tyler status. I just want like. Calm 30, 40 pairs, and and that's it. Call it a day. Yeah. Trav? Um, yeah. There's, I don't see anything that's coming up that caught my eye unless we get a quick strike that I don't know about. I think I'm good. Mm. The Balvins were it for me. I wish we could know what happened with the bread four off-white. Say that one more time. I, that I wish we could find out what happened with the bread four, the off-white. I'm pretty sure it's next year now. You say what, Jay? I said I'm pretty sure it's next year. Okay. Um, there was a picture of Geiger. Oh, and yeah. It looked like he had them on. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He definitely yeah. did. So that was a little hint for next year, probably. Yeah. Uh, Tone, did you pick? I'm yeah, I'm good. You good? <laughs> yeah. Wow, my team is bowing out on me. I'm the only one spending frivolous dollars over here. Yeah, you're really lost in the salt. You got a PlayStation and an Xbox, so wow! Wow! You guys got a budget? Can you give me can you <laughs> into this or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Tyler. It was a pleasure having you on this podcast. Sorry for the technical difficulties. That's actually the first time. I know you. I know it's going to sound like he says that all the time, but nah. no, that was the first time for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. Oh, so. really? We, we, we need to do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got a lot of gems that yeah. you could drop. Yeah, if, if if you guys want to talk stuff, just just let me know, man. It's uh, it's nice talking to some guys that are, that are in a similar. Um, had similar experience, you know what I mean? Not just someone that's jumping on the culture because it's going to get views or something else, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've been here and outside for a long time. Perspective. So, yeah. 
Actually, S- Sneak, can you tell your concept story to Tyler? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, well, yeah, that's why I asked what years were you there. I actually camped out there for the Red Lobster and the Blue Lobster. Okay, I wasn't there back then. Yeah, yeah. I was at, I was there. The Red Lobster, I was there, I want to say, five full days. And the oh, wow. Blue, yeah, that's and how the long Blue we've lobster, been The Blue Lobster, four full days. Man, yeah. See, I I, I went to school um, in 2011. So my first camp out at Concepts was for, for the Levi's Nike SB. First time I camped out, I got I was first in line and got to the front, and they said they didn't have any of the black denim pairs oh. that were limited, even though I was first in line. Oh. That was fun. Uh, but <laughs> fly, I camped out on. Um, but I used to go there and spend money all the time. So eventually, I kind of got. I didn't have to wait in line as much. Um, I got helped out, which was great. So. You know, but man, yes, camping for sneakers. I haven't done that in a minute. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, never no. again. Never yeah, again. No one, I don't think anyone. We're, we're really done with those that. days. Yeah. yeah. We, we're done with those days. It's, uh, well, I'll leave that to the Ikea bag boys. The Ikea <laughs> bag boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Tyler, for joining us and dropping these gems. If you could tell anybody where to find you on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. If you Google T Blake, it'll come up for most of the stuff. Um, you know, if you want to check out the discord, all the links are on Twitter and everything else. Um, I don't really, I'm not like pushing content that much, but I, I would say I'm very accessible. So if you have a, a question, even if it's about something random, I can usually help out. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you will get a lot of hits with the gems that you dropped on this episode, asking you some questions after this. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully no past employers, but I'm not even (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Jay Yannick signing off. Uh, OG Bait. Whiteman. Thank you. Grogu. Trav, you nerds. Peace. And Sneak. Sneak, bozos. (laughs) All right, y'all. All right. Boom. Boom. No.